I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to another lockdown edition of the WOCast. I'm joined today by the UFC's Cody Stamen. So Cody, it's um, been a, a series of uh, full starts for you of late. There have been um, opponents lined up and then um, events have actually overtaken those uh those arrangements i mean you know before we even get there though cody how have you actually been coping with you know what's obviously sweeping the globe right now and that being the covid19 epidemic uh you know i think as a fighter i am a little bit more well equipped to deal with uh, something like this than uh say someone that works a nine to five just because my life changes so fast so often uh, that uh, it doesn't seem that uh, abnormal for, for me to to have uh, you know outside events uh, change things that are that are gonna that I thought were gonna happen or you know when I see things playing out a certain way something happens and they play out a completely different way. This is a part of the fight game. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, so I'm kind of used to expecting the unexpected. Uh, but you know. COVID-19 for me, and I just really feel for everybody that's that's sick and has been hurt and dealing with this mentally, whether it's, you know, their, their business uh, being closed down, their livelihood, uh, you know, I'm just sympathetic for the people that are, are financially and, and physically affected by this uh, illness. So in terms of getting in the training and actually getting in uh the training partners how easy or how hard has that been considering you know we uh supposedly are are on a global lockdown yeah it's been it's been a lot harder i mean basically you know you have to train with someone to prepare for a fight so uh the gatherings are small you know it's like one or two people that you absolutely trust and know are being safe and not putting themselves uh at risk uh to catch anything you know so i have maybe one or two guys that i'm working with consistently and then i went and had and built out a home gym right in my garage yeah i could kind of substitute a lot of the training and then uh a lot of the other training we're doing is it's just outside uh you know there's a lot of beautiful uh public parks and uh hiking mountains all kinds of cool stuff that you can do uh, in the greater Las Vegas area. So we've been getting creative, but, you know, we're still getting work done because uh, obviously people are still fighting, right? We're, st- we're still going to be fighting. Uh, so so guys have just had to, to work a little harder to make things happen. So in terms of, well, working that little bit harder, you've obviously been assessing and having a, a really good look at what the UFC have actually put in place in terms of um, planning to ensure your safety. Um, what's your overall view of, you know, first of all, you know, the stringent tests, which, you know, the UFC apparently have actually bought in? So, I mean, 
they're extremely strict. I was actually just at the UFC PI to do some physical therapy, uh, just maintenance type stuff. And I got there. I was immediately given a mask. They took my temperature. I had to answer a series of questions, talk to maybe three different people uh, about where I've been and what I've been up to. Uh, and then I had to immediately take a shower. I had to keep my mask on. Uh, whenever, you know, I, I, I left the locker room, I was the only one allowed in the locker room. And then as soon as I was done showering, they went and cleaned the shower. Uh, you know, then I was walked straight to the physical therapy room where I was treated and then, you know, walked out of the facility. So, I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can. You know, they're doing everything they can because show must go on. You know, the UFC uh, is, is still putting itself out there. They're still making things happen. People want to see fights. People want to see live sports. And, you know, uh, they're making sure we're safe. You know, I'm 100% confident in the UFC's ability to keep us safe. And, you know, we want to fight. Fighters want to Fighters still want to fight. I mean, uh, maybe I'm just speaking for myself and the people that I've been around and talked to, but guys still want to compete. You know, they want to compete because right now we're the only show in town. I mean, there's no other sports going on. There's no other live sports. So everyone is tuning in to, to fighting. So this does a lot for our sport and a lot, a lot for us individuals because uh, there's going to be a lot more eyes on us, you know, in the, in the next few few weeks. I mean, just on that, on that will to compete, on that uh, will to continue that competitive edge that fighters have, what is actually driving that, though? Is it the will to actually go out and actually provide for your family because this is the only means by which you can actually do that? Or is it, you know, the old adage that fighters fight? Well, fighters fight, but also, yeah, of course, you know, you, you, you want to make as much money as you can. Every single day that you're an athlete, your window is constantly closing. Like, if we just sat out an entire year, you just take a year off someone's career. I mean, that could be that could mean a, a million dollars to, to some guys, you know, which is a life-changing amount of money. You know, we need these opportunities to make money. If you're healthy, you want to compete. You know, that's part of what being a fighter is about. And uh, I think a lot of guys have, have other small businesses. Uh, me, myself, you know, I have, I have a few other businesses, a few other things that I do, but th- nothing... Nothing is happening right now. The economy is basically shut down. You know, I, I own a small uh, restoration company with my family, and, okay. and like, we're not working right now. Like, that's not that's not happening. You know, so that business is completely shut down. So I've completely have – I have all this time on my hands. I want to train and compete, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of other fighters that have a lot of other small businesses, and they can't even do those things right now. So uh, right now, more than ever, fighting is, like, our only source of income, you know, like – for, you know, most of us, you know, use our money to f- fighting. If we're smart, we use it to invest in other businesses, other ways, you know, to financially support ourselves. That way we're not, you know, financially dependent on just, just fighting. Uh, and and right now, COVID-19 has kind of forced us all to be dependent on fighting, you know. So I'm personally super thankful that the UFC is going through all this trouble to make sure that they can still put on events and we can still go out there and make money and, and, and you know, put on a show for our fans. Uh, I think it's awesome. Now, it's interesting that you say that, you know, you do have, obviously, um, another means by which you can actually make money, and that is, you know, the um, the restoration business. But um, one of the things which I don't think we're pretty well seized off in the UK, and that is, 
what support you're actually getting government-wise. Now, just just explain how this stimulus check actually works if you are in a situation like yourself as a fighter. So the stimulus check, uh, it was basically if you made under $100,000, uh, you, you qualified for $1,200. And it was like a, a one-time thing. Um, and then th- th- there's other things that that they're doing, like uh, if if you lost your job because of COVID-19, you could file for unemployment. Um, and I think the unemployment's like 400 US dollars. And then they were adding an additional $600 uh, a week. So, I mean, a lot of people, uh, so if, you know, you were a, a, a low-end construction worker and you are making $400 a week, right now you're making $1,000 a week. The, the whole, our whole financial uh, system, I think we're destroying it, but uh, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> Okay, well, let's bring it back on track to mixed martial arts, because um, one of the things I was quite struck by, obviously, the last time we saw you was what, way back in December? December, yeah. Yeah, and um, you uh, you drew a draw against uh, Song Yudong, right? Yes, I did. Now, looking back on that, I, I don't want to gas you up, but I saw things coming out of that fight a little differently. I personally thought that you took the victory that night. Now, just in your own words, I mean, when you actually heard that verdict, when, you know, that was the actual result, was that a shock or a surprise to you as it was to many others, or that's what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, really shocked. You know, when I found out it was a draw, uh, I was, honestly, at first, I thought there would just been an obvious mistake, and that, you know, you know, being the optimist that I am, I was like, "God, oh, they made a mistake. They, they, uh, they added the points wrong, or something. Something that was going to be blatantly obvious, and everything was going to get worked out." Um, it wasn't really until I was in the back room doing the interviews that I realized that I just got screwed. Wow, out of a out of a like like a hard earned victory. Uh, and song Yudong just fought again recently had a really close fight and, yeah and won and a lot of people thought that maybe there was another robbery and they're wondering how you know <laughs> it keeps it, this keeps happening and i don't have a clear answer for anyone but i know for a fact you know i know in my heart and i know after watching it that i 100 percent won that fight um i'll never get the satisfaction that i deserve for that but uh that's that's the game you know where uh the, the judging in mma has been so inconsistent for so long. I mean, something has to change. You know, I think that when the judging gets as bad as it's been, uh, in recent years, I think it takes a little bit of the legitimacy out of the sport. You know, when, when, when a a blind eye can watch a fight, when someone that really doesn't understand fighting that much can watch fight and they can go, okay, you know, nine out of 10 people point at that guy going, that guy won that fight. I'm, I'm sure of it. And yeah. then the other guy wins, it kind of, it, it really kills the sport. It kills uh, the fan viewership because now everyone thinks it's fixed and it's rigged. And uh, I don't think it is, but I think that we have a lot of really unqualified judges uh, in a lot of different places, you know, determining our fate and our money and uh, something has to change. 
I'm glad you talk about officials there because that neatly segues into um, a hot topic and a quite big talking point at the moment, and that is referees. In terms of, you know, the referees supposedly hindering the progress of athletes, what were your thoughts on, you know, the recent, um, well, antics, in-cage antics with regard to refereeing in terms of early stoppages and, um, you know, to, to a certain extent, if you look at what happened when the Teixeira and Anthony Smith fight, um, a late stoppage. Yeah. The, the referee's job is to keep people safe. Uh, you know, and it, in the moment, Everything happens so fast in a fight. I mean, referees, do they really do have a really hard job. I mean, to know when someone is, you know, past the point of return, you know, and any any shot that they take after that point is just unnecessary damage. You know, that's the referee's job to know that. Um, but I also think it's the referee's job to know the athlete and to understand that um, sometimes getting a guy out of there when he gets severely hurt, uh, is the right thing to do. Um, and sometimes it's not. And I think that it depends on the individual athlete and the fight. So I think when we're talking about title fights and we're talking about, um, the absolute pinnacle of the sport, when we're talking about title fights, I think that title fights should go until someone's unconscious. I think that, I think that at that level, mm. guys want to go out on their shield. I think that at that level, guys want to go out on their shield. Uh, however, in a situation with like Anthony Smith and um, Glover Teixeira, Glover Teixeira mm. I think that it was probably a coach's job to realize that things weren't going Anthony's way and that, you know, Anthony... W- was out of the fight and it should have been stopped, you know, and I know, I know, and I know Anthony's coach personally, and I know he's a great guy. Um, but I think he made the wrong call. I think that that fight should have been stopped. I think that we're a little bit behind boxing, uh, in the fact that we don't throw in the towel the way we should as coaches and as trainers, you know, you throw in the towel because you realize like, it's not your fighter's night. He's not going to win. And he doesn't need to take any more damage than he has to. Like he 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 already lost at this point, uh, and that's a coach's job to make those decisions. I just think that it's so it's so taboo in in MMA that no coach wants to wants to do it when really it, it it shouldn't be like that. It really shouldn't be like that because we're talking about you know athlete safety and and their mental health you know later on in life. And so I think that we need to get over uh, whatever issues that we have with it we need to start putting the athlete safety first and and understand that and the same thing with the with the uh with the referee you know the referee can't really shouldn't be scolded for stopping a fight you know when someone gets knocked almost unconscious and then is you know standing standing there barely alive okay you know it's just yeah it's just it's it's but it's a tough question. It's a tough question. It's hard to say, you know, what the right answer is. You see that the reason why I ask is because in that fight or going into that fight, um Anthony Smith had expressly said to his corner, um, not on the night but in previous occasions, look, nobody pulls me out of that fight. 
except me. I'm going out on my shield each and every time. And um, if someone does do that, they're walking back to the locker room by themselves. So do you have kind of a credo? Do you have a kind of understanding with your coaches? Because, okay, albeit that you've only lost like, you know, twice really in your career when you look at things, you've had two clear losses. But, you know, what, what kind of arrangements do you have with your coaches then? None, none, none whatsoever. Uh, I trust my coaches with my safety. Uh, um, if they think I'm at a point where I can't continue, uh, I hope that they pull me out. I hope they pull me out. I'm going to be upset. Yeah. I'm going to be mad at them, but eventually I'm going to realize that it's my fault. It's my fault. And they were doing, they were trying to do the right thing by me. They're supposed to look after us and they're supposed to be smarter than us and they're supposed to help us see things that we don't see. That's mm. what a trainer does. That's what a coach does. That's what a mentor does. Um, and the people that are in your corner are supposed to be all those things, and they're supposed to really care about your safety and your health. Um, so, you know, I think Anthony Smith putting his coaches in that position is, is really, really unfair. And like I said, I know Anthony and his coach personally, and they're both really, really great people. But that's kind of a that's kind of a really odd odd thing to say. You know, that's like saying, uh, yeah, I I 100% trust you, but uh, I don't trust you at all, and I'll make my own decisions. Like that's, that's, uh, that's, that's doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, fast forward to today. Um, it looks as though from um, your Twitter timeline that you were due to return to the cage June sixth, right? June sixth. Yep. Now, did you have an opponent originally lined up? Because from what you've recently tweeted, your opponent has pulled out. Mm-hmm. So who was that? So I was I was supposed to fight Rowney Barcelos. Right, he was my original opponent. Um, I was that I was scheduled to fight March twenty eighth before COVID uh, nineteen came in and kind of closed everything down. Um, and then they rescheduled the fight uh, for June sixth. I've known about it for a few weeks now. I've been preparing, and the same day I got the contract and all my paperwork from the UFC. Uh, I got a call from my manager. Told me the fight was off, that he was injured, and he was going to need a few weeks to recover. Uh, so I started looking at, you know, other opportunities, you know, I didn't, I don't want to wait any longer. I've been waiting long enough. And I, I came across, uh, a video and it was a video of Uriah Faber talking about <laughs> why he weighed in and, yeah. and he was giving this big speech about, uh, uh, something about his young athletes, you know, just kind of just buckling down and fighting whenever, whenever, uh, there's an opportunity to, to, to compete. And I thought, well, you know, I'm ranked in the top 15. Uriah Faber's not. Uh, he wants to be ranked. And mm. here he is giving a speech about how he wants to fight. And he's still in the mix. And he's not done yet. I'm like, well, geez, well, th- this makes complete sense to me. I mean, we should we should fight. I mean, it's obvious. So I respectfully said those things to him, thinking that, you know, it'd be enough to kind of get under his skin and also – uh maybe jumpstart him to 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 want to fight uh i've heard nothing from uriah i don't know that i'm fighting him um the ball's in his court i mean i think the ufc offered him offered him the fight like hey you want if you want to fight cody uh we'll make it happen uh and i I don't think he said anything i mean it's only been a day uh you know he's a smart guy he's probably taking his time (laughs) weighing things out talking with his team but you know uh we'll see i mean if he if he doesn't do it, 
I'll have lost quite a bit of respect for him because, you know, that means he's, he's not a, not really a man of his word. You know, you can't really give your young athletes advice and send them into battle, uh, you know, during all this. And then, you know, when you're called upon to go, you can, you can, you can't just say no and, and not do it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what he says. You know, I, I hope that, I hope that he, uh, he buckles down and he decides that you know, he wants to do it and we'll go put it on a show and make some money. But, uh, if he doesn't, I mean, there's plenty of other guys I can fight. You know, in the age though of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Caustic call outs. Perhaps you were too gentlemanly. Perhaps you were too kind. Perhaps you were too, how can I put it? Um, soft in your approach perhaps maybe there needs to be a little bit more venom in, in, in what you're yeah. saying but uh, you might be right you might be right i might need to uh i might need to get under his skin a little bit more uh <laughs> i have some other things i'm lined up to say to him if i don't hear from him today uh, i should know i should know today and uh i'm gonna definitely gonna i have i have some materials ready uh, <laughs> for the weekend to start putting out uh if i if i don't hear from him i was giving him a little bit of time and I know him personally. I know Uriah. I've been to his house. I've trained with him. Um, he's always been pretty nice to me. Um, so I didn't want to be completely disrespectful. Uh, but uh, Uriah also understands business. He knows that this is, you know, this isn't personal. This is just business. Him and I could fight and we could still yeah, remain acquaintances or friends. Uh, so, I mean, if I have to, if I have to go a little lower, I think I will. Uh, well, well give, give us a flavor then. You, you because- can't. What's that? I, I give us a give us a bit of a flavor then. I'm intrigued. You've piqued my my uh, well, you you piqued my interest in terms of what else you're going to actually draw for. Just give us a, a little bit of a I flavor. Have a, I have a video clip of him talking about how um, you know if somebody it basically it's him saying that if someone calls him out, you know, like his his moral stance is that he has to fight. That's just who he is, and it's this big speech about. You know how, how big of a man he is, and how he he's never backed down from anyone. And I'm just gonna play it for him. I'm just gonna <laughs> post a video of it and just play it and be like, uh, be like, well, I haven't heard anything back from you, so I'm not sure any of this is true. I'm not gonna do anything. You know, I would never uh, do anything to. Uh, I would never say anything negatively about his family or anything that wasn't true. But I think I know how to get under your eyes skin. I think uh, I think it's gonna. Might take a little bit more, but I think I can uh, I can coax him into doing this. We'll put it this way: as this is actually launching this weekend, perhaps this will be the catalyst by which he actually takes you up on your offer. Now, you said that you had other people in mind. Let's just imagine. I can't for a second imagine why it wouldn't actually happen, given you know the the fire that I feel that this audio is going to actually create. But let's just imagine that um, he's not the same character who was in that video talking um, the big and the bold talk. Who else have you got your eye on, possibly? Oh, man. Well, I, there's a, there's so many guys in, at the Bantamweight division that, you know, potentially, you know, could, could be opponents. Uh, literally literally anyone that's currently in the UFC, uh, I would fight. I mean, I would fight anyone from 1 to 15, if the if the UFC calls me and they say you know we want you to fight uh, the number six guy we want me to you want me to fight Jimmy Riviera for example that's another another name that that I would like to fight uh, if they say that we want you to fight him in two weeks at 145 pounds I would do it in a heartbeat I was planning on peaking right at my 
28th. That was when the fight was going to be. And then that got canceled. And I thought maybe I was fighting April 18th. That then got canceled. And I took a little bit of time, maybe a week, maybe two weeks of just kind of living a normal life. And then, you know what I mean? Then I think I'm fighting at the beginning of June. So I'm back in training camps. And now I've been training for this fight for five months. So at this point, it's like, doesn't really matter who it is you know what i mean i've been training to fight anybody anybody you know at any time so uh and like i said like this is this is this is how i make my money this is how i provide for myself so uh yeah i'm gonna compete i mean doesn't matter who it is i don't care you know if he's the toughest guy on the planet i don't care if they ask me to fight a a grizzly bear and i'll do it now i know in terms of easing the lockdown restrictions um we are and being eased on an incremental basis. And uh, week by week, we are slowly coming out of um, the, the enforced lockdown. But would someone like uh, Nathaniel Wood actually interest you? He fought John Dodson last time out. And um, he's, a, he's a prospect here in the UK. I just think in terms of styles, you two match up quite nicely. Yeah, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, I've talked about fighting him uh, in the past. It's kind of the same thing as Ryan Faber, though. I heard crickets. I didn't hear anything from him. Um, yeah, he is talented. Uh, I liked his fight against John Dotson. I thought he looked really good. Um, you know, proving that he's he's a he's a really really tough opponent. Um, yeah, I mean, if if his name pops up, it would 100% be him. But you know, given the restrictions and given that I live in Las Vegas, yeah, uh, I would like to fight before that. I mean, so maybe. Maybe he's somebody that I fight at, like a Fight Island type situation. That um, would be amazing. I mean, you and Nathaniel yeah. Wood on Fight Island. Now that would be the fight to make. But like you say, you've got things that you need to get on with in in the meantime. But that would be right. an incredible fight. Yeah, it would be awesome. I would. Uh, I, would I would love to fight the kid. He's definitely talented, and I think it could make for a really good fight. Incredible. Well, just before you go, um, I just wondered, in, in terms of the UFC and the UFC getting back, um, well, basically to what's known now as the new normal, what's your thoughts on them actually right. spearheading and leading the whole drive to actually you know, get back to this new normal? What's your thoughts on that? I think it's amazing. You know, I think the UFC is doing exactly what the UFC needs to do to keep us safe and to, you know, to put on live sporting events and people want to see it. People want things to go back to normal. You know what I mean? We, we want things to go back to the way they were before COVID-19 or at least as closely as possible. So I think that, you know, being a part of an organization that is kind of leading the way uh, is, is awesome. You know, uh, I have a lot of respect for the UFC brass because I'm sure they're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of hate on the flip side, you know, I'm sure they're getting a lot, a lot of, you know, scolding from people, you know, saying that, that, you know, what they're doing isn't right, but somebody has to do it. Somebody has to decide, okay, you know what I mean? Like this virus is terrible, but our lives have to go on. We have to go back to like who we were before all this. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm super proud to be a part of the UFC. Incredible. So June 6th, hopefully if this audio does its job, It'll be you versus UI Feyre. I can't wait to see that actually go down. I've got a feeling we're going to see that actually happen. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That's, uh, that'd be a uh, dream come true for me. Incredible. Cody Stamen, it's been incredible speaking with you and thank you again for sparing the time. Take care of yourself, my friend. You too. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh.